All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Episode of Nasty Knuckles. What's going on, Nast? Not much, brother. What's up with you? You know, a little learn to play action, holding some kids up, showing my mitts off. Who the mitts? We know you got those, Dangles. brother. Oh yeah, you know, dangling I've around four and five year olds. I've seen it. Looking I've seen strong. it. <laughs> WWE champion just walked yeah, by. Sorry, Big E, Big Elvis. Um, <laughs> man, lots of stuff happening last week in hockey. Lots, lots to talk about. Um, start with uh, our boys, the Flyers. Um, tough, tough go the last four games. Well, three of four. Um, tough loss against Buffalo. Come back with a good win, and then in Boston, uh, you know, having a lead and it happens. Teams blow lead, and then the the last game um, wasn't at all what you need <laughs> after a loss like that. But um, wasn't for a lack of effort. Um, you got to remember missing Coots. Um, you know, Frost, Morgan Frost steps in. He's really going to be a really good player, I think, in my opinion. Um, 
he ends up getting hurt. You have Philip Myers is hurt. Uh, you don't ever want to make excuses and the guys definitely are not making excuses, but it was a tough week for the boys after the, the two and O start. Yeah, it happens. You know, it's early in the season. So, um, you know, that's a bonus, I guess, you know, losing a guy like Coots obviously is, is deflating. Um, you never want to make excuses, but he's, he's nearly impossible to replace. Right. Uh, he's just such a, you know, such a leader and a two way forward. So losing a guy like that certainly, has an impact, but uh, you know, I think the bottom line is they're not scoring goals, um, and you know they're, they're, they're giving up too many. You know, blowing the lead. At least they got the point out of that game. Um, otherwise, it would have been really devastating. But uh, you know, to bounce back with a, a six-one loss effort uh, is, is tough. So I mean, you know, uh, I think we might have got ahead of ourselves last week <laughs> with our predictions there, but I think they'll be fine. You know, it's uh, it's early in the season. There's going to be some learning curves. There's going to be some bumps in the road. Uh, it's better to get them out of the way here uh, early and then uh, go into the playoffs strong. So it is what it is. You know, they just got to score more goals and uh, and obviously defend a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, better in their end. Um, but um, I think they'll be fine. You know, I think Carter Hart will bounce back. He's uh, mentally a strong human being. So um, we're all human. They're all human. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to have off nights. But uh, I would expect them to bounce back for sure. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's... You, it's like we said, you know, at the beginning, two and zero. You can't go crazy. You can't get too excited, um, but you also can't because you lose a couple games. Um, you know, it, it happens. It's 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 a hard league, which we You're talked about too. I mean, one. I mean, every game. There's not. There used to be back in the day. It seemed like not guaranteed wins, but pretty much some some guaranteed wins. You know, if your team shows up and you know, but uh, nothing's guaranteed in, in this league. Uh, anymore it's it's actually I think it's great because the game's a game and I think the boys will be fine like you said I'm I'm not uh I'm not rattled by it like you said Carter uh that kid's mindset's unbelievable um you know Moose stepped in the other night we didn't talk about him He, he had a great game which we we've talked about him before he's he's just a solid veteran that is a great pro and comes to play and he had a great year last year and He's there, you know, and maybe he plays next game. I don't know, but uh, they're a great combo, and, and and they'll be fine, like you said. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, uh, Moose is a great supporting cast for, for, for Carter, and, you know, I know obviously frustrations set in uh, at the end of uh, oh, of his, uh, his his game there the other day, but, um, you know, he's, uh, like you said, he's, he, he's, he's built – to respond and he's resilient. Um, you know, Moose, I would expect probably going to play the next game and just maybe give Carter a break and, and move on. It's early in the season. Yeah. Um, you know, get the cobwebs out. I don't think anybody should be hitting the panic button uh, yeah. yet by any means. Um, but, uh, you know, it is one of, it's one of those things. They got to respond though. You know, it's like, it's yeah. easy to talk about it and, um, and uh, you know, drop the X's and O's, but at the end of the day, you gotta, you gotta perform and you gotta execute. And you gotta score some goals and, I think they'll be fine. So I think, um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, there's, there's, you know, I know it's only a few games into the season, but uh, they're one win out of the top spot. So yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, exactly. You don't want to get to, to you know, two, two into it and two wrapped up in, uh, you know, a couple losses. But, you know, in saying that, it is a shortened season, obviously, and you, you yeah. can't, uh, you can't drop a couple more in a row and then expect to, you know, to, to be in the mix the rest of the way. So we'll see how that goes. But, uh, you know, outside of the flyers, some interesting uh, things going on, uh, some movement 
uh, around the league. Uh, a big trade there with uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, did you uh, did you know uh, Dubois at all? Or I I honestly I don't I never I don't even think I've ever met him. I've obviously seen him play. Yeah, uh, a good player. I mean, first line center. I, yeah, no kidding. I think I mean, uh, I was shocked at the shift. Oh man! Took the other night. Got him traded. <laughs> I mean, wow! I I was talking to a buddy of mine uh, today earlier, and I was like, "If that would have happened ten years ago, oh my god, someone may have grabbed him on the bench, if not in the locker room for sure." And I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Felino didn't get in his face after the period was over. Just you know, yeah, that was a rough captain. Up. He's a I love his game, Nick Felino. Like that guy shows up. He's a great, great guy too. I've actually known him since he was a little kid. Shows you how old I am. I had his dad as a player my first year, oh, Mike wow. Felino. Yeah. Uh, but uh, man, that shift that might have been the least amount of effort. I hate saying I'm an equipment, you know, manager, but but watching it, you know, it was oh yeah. Like, I mean, what did what did you? think i mean i know what you probably thought but it looked like wild. one of my chefs back in the day oh, <laughs> floating around trying to find a big hit and caught in the middle of nothing land and i don't think he was looking for my defenseman <laughs> <laughs> i don't think he was looking for anything oh man he was frustrated for sure oh, my God. it was that like 48 hours after that shift he got it got him dealt but uh yeah. that was that was uh that was rough. I, I think it's a good trade. They obviously both need a fresh start somewhere else, but uh, you know, compare that shift to the Mike Richards shift. That yeah, there's a little difference. <laughs> oh, man. What a difference, eh? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no, you can't even – because someone said the shift the other day. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, that's this shift not- is Mike Richards' shift, and you're right. I mean, you were talking about totally uh, different ends of the spectrum there. Wow. I was I was actually shocked by that. I actually flipped that game on, and they showed Dubois sitting on the bench. Like he hasn't moved since, you know. He's yeah, a grocery, right. grocery stick. Which oh, yeah, exactly. You, you may have been that once or <laughs> twice. Do that. Um, but uh, responded to that. What's that? I wonder how Torts responded to that shift. Man, I I would love to know. This is one of those things where you <laughs> oh, wish you could. Like, he's probably just looking around, going, "Does we have camp. a game?" <laughs> Let's trade this asshole. Well, he, yeah, he, well, you know, he noticed it because he was, he was done after that. That was all he had. So that was crazy. But yeah, I mean, Dubois is a good player. I can't sit here and act like I know a ton about him, but I know he was a, a is a good player, obviously. But to pick up Line A, man, this guy, yeah, talk about scoring goals. I mean, he could score 30 with his eyes shut, yeah. I think. I mean, I, you know, it's easy for me to say, but uh, you pick up. I mean, your power play just went. Oh yeah, went up big time. Once you know he's got to fit in, and and um, I would imagine I'm not even sure, but I would imagine Max Domi's on their first power play unit. I'm not really sure, but you kind of you got a big time player there now. That, yeah. like you said, it's a it's a it's good. Both guys probably needed to change of scenery, so you know, yeah. Line A hopefully goes in there for Columbus and and wants to light it up. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Quick line, a story. I don't know him or anything. I've met him, but uh, when I did the World Cup uh, of Hockey for USA in 2016, I totally forgot about him being the you know the high pick there um, in the first round. And we were playing Finland in Washington, and the very first shift of the game, he came flying down the right side, 
I still didn't even realize it was him. And he let a wrist shot go and it reminded me of Jeff Carter. Oh yeah. Uh, you remember just oh, yeah. effortlessly just, skating faster than everyone and yeah. just a little snap of the wrist, but he shot the puck and I was working the door and it was at our, obviously at our DN and that puck quickie, Jonathan quicks an unbelievable goalie. Obviously we know that this thing went by quickie didn't go in the net. It hit the glass, but then quickie kind of moved and I'm like, who just shot that puck? And then he came by the bench. And I was like, oh, it's a kid, Lion A. Yeah. Like, wow. And then Heavy. obviously I got to see him uh, the next few years here in, uh, in the NHL. But uh, he's a goal scorer, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think he'll do well in uh, in Columbus. He just needs, a, a, you know, a fresh start and some new scenery. I think it's, it's good for a lot of guys in those situations when they get stale, go somewhere else and start fresh. So how about yeah. your boy Semmer? Man, how happy were you for him? Like, oh, yeah. God, I yeah. just, I love that man. He is, I was so happy. He got that goal the other night to a couple uh, records with that, didn't he? Yeah, it was his 500th point and I think 100th power play goal. That's and awesome, it was his first man. goal as a Leaf, I believe, too. So, yeah, that was. Uh, I was so happy to see that. I got like three texts from people saying, Your boy just scored, Simmer just scored, you know, and I'm like, Oh, shoot. I missed it live, but I went back and obviously watched it. But, uh, could be happier for him hometown guy you know there and uh i know he's excited and you know simmer he'll fit right in toronto i mean how, how can he you looks know? good he looks good yeah. in the white and blue I'm he does man he, he does there man it's just it's he's he he is one of the best team guys i think i ever you know there's a bunch of you guys but i mean you talk about a team player man yeah wow you know and things when he was here with us uh and he ended up getting traded, unfortunately, at the deadline. He wasn't playing as well as he could, and he knew it. And, of course, there were some injuries there involved, but he, you guys never make excuses um, in hockey. And, you know, of course, he's not going to say anything, but he was doing anything he could. You know, like he was fighting. I remember the one night in Pittsburgh, we were down two or three, nothing, and he hadn't scored in a while. He got in a big fight, had his nose broke, but won the fight. And, I mean – I remember Claude, I think Claude gave him the player of the game helmet because he got us going. We ended up winning the game yeah. because he was willing, you know, he went out there and did that and, you know, other things weren't going his way at the time. But uh, anyway, what a great man. I was happy to see him get that and hopefully he gets a lot more. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure there's more to come. Yeah. Right in his office there inside yeah. the power play. <laughs> yeah, good. Right on. Well, I think it's about time. So we introduce our next guest. All right. All right, Riggs, let's get on to our next episode here with the Simone Gagne, the Gaggy, which is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Pigskin fans, the moment you have been waiting for all season is right around the corner. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55, is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl Prediction Challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who will score last, and boom, get ready to make it rain, baby. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. 
Download the DraftKings app now and use your promo code Knuckles to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code Knuckles now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, welcome back to another episode of Nasty Knuckles. I'm Riley Cote. I'm Derek Settlemeyer. We're very, very excited today to have a special guest on. This guy looks like he walked out of a GQ shoot or something. He's so he's so damn sexy and good looking, but uh, we're so happy to have the gaggy Simone Gagné. What's up, buddy? What's up, guys? How you doing? Doing great. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate right, you're it. welcome. You're welcome. Congrats on your show, guys. I've been uh, been watching, and you guys are doing a good job. So, congrats. Really happy to be to be on the show today. Thanks, Thanks brother. Once uh, once the COVID uh, restrictions loosen up, we'll have to have you uh, in person because that was the plan always. But uh, yeah, see, struggle and struggling with the protocols. So appreciate you carving out the time for a Zoom call. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's the way to do it now, I guess. Huh? So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it will be pr- pleasure uh, next time I'm down in Philly to uh, sit the, uh, sit down with you guys in person. Awesome. That'd be awesome, man. Be awesome. Gaggy, what's going on, man? What are you up to these days? <laughs> Not much, buddy. Uh, no, we've been, uh, we've, we've been pretty much locked down here in Quebec City. Uh, we're having curfew at 8 uh, p.m. every night. Uh, like I guess, like everybody else you now in Canada or United States, we struggle with uh, the COVID nineteen and affect uh, everyone, businesses, uh, the kids, uh, kids going to school. That's that's a good thing. They didn't yeah. stop that. Oh, but uh, my oldest uh, is playing pee wee, and uh, the season's been uh, stopped you now since um, November. So. Uh, we'll be able to uh, skating once in a while, uh, just me and him, but uh, no practice, no games from, from from him. So basically right now, it's almost like he's losing the whole season. Mm-hmm. And same too with my two, uh, uh, my two girls, you know, they do some uh, dancing in gyms and everything, everything's been canceled. So uh, um, it's, uh, it's a tough time, but um, at least we start to see that the, the, the case go down and, uh, Look like the curfew has been working, and hopefully uh, we'll have some good uh, good news in in the next couple of months with the vaccine that start to to come down here in the country. And uh, we'll cross our fingers that uh, hopefully the summer the life will will get back to close to normal. Yeah, I God, I I hope so. My my uh, little guys, he gets to go to school. He's back in school Thursdays, Fridays, but he's here Monday, oh, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, and it's. I mean, it's tough on, he's six, so it's tough on the younger kids, I think, maybe than the older kids. But, uh, yeah, it's starting to, uh, things are getting a little better around here. So, hopefully, uh, soon, like you said, we can get you into Philly, one, to hang out, and two, to get you in the studio as well, man. Sure, sounds good. Yeah, tough tough times for everybody. I think everybody's going through it in their own way, shape, or form. Uh, nothing easy about uh, this, this last 12 months, there's no question about that, but... Uh, um, you're moving on to, to your hockey career gags, obviously, uh, um, you know, had an amazing career and spent uh, most of it in Philly. I mean, do you want to talk about, uh, you know, 1998 when you were drafted, you know, 22nd overall, and then, you know, just that progression and the, 
into, uh, you know, from a junior hockey player into the role of being, you know, arguably one of the, the best goal scorers in the game in your prime. You want to talk about that process and, and, and the feeling of being drafted and coming to Philly? Yeah, sure. Sure. You know, uh, my, my year uh, that um, I was um, um, supposed to get drafted was 98, like you said. Uh, the draft was in Buffalo. And uh, funny fact, uh, you know, when you're uh, uh, ranking uh, to be selected in first round, you, you're pretty much uh, meeting every team uh, in the NHL. And uh, I met probably more than 28, 29 teams. And uh, the only team that uh, I didn't sit down and, and meet was with the Flyers. Oh, no way. Uh, I so I had, no clue. I had no clue that uh, the Flyers uh, were, going to, uh, were going to select me uh, 22nd uh, overall. I was ranking uh, 15, I think, at that time. Um, uh, so all the teams that I met uh, uh, the day before the draft, um, I remember a couple of them uh, – um, one jump in mind was the Blackhawks, I think was like uh, selecting 14 or 15. And uh, uh, they said, if you're there, we're going to, we're going to pick you. And uh, uh, so basically uh, Chicago come up and uh, they select, I don't remember his name, but uh, uh, for sure that was, that was not me. So I was a little bit disappointed. And then I, they were not the only team, a bunch of team that, that said if I was going to be uh, available at that time that uh, I'm going to be their pick. And uh, um, so more the, the, the first run goes on uh, and on and on. And I'm not getting drafted. And, uh, and now Flyers come up and I said, well, oh, that's, that's a team that, that uh, I don't think they want me because I didn't, I didn't sit with them. They didn't ask me any question, you know, no meeting with the Flyers. So now that's it. I'm not going to get drafted 22nd, uh, by the Flyers, and I think Jersey were Jersey were right after the Flyers, so I guess I'm I might go to Jersey. So, but uh, Bobby Clark, um, go up and uh, said that from the Quebec Rampart, uh, uh, Simon Gagne, and uh, I was pretty excited to to be Flyers at that time. And the fact that I didn't know my brother grabbed me and said, "Hey, uh, um, I was part of uh, two uh, training camp with the Flyers uh, uh, a long time ago, so uh, it was almost." Uh, following the, the footstep of my dad. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Oh, that's awesome, man. I, at least <laughs> I'm glad Mr. Clark, uh, he got your name right. I remember he He knew, he knew your name, buddy. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah. yeah. But uh, the, the one thing was uh, um, after, you know, sure. I asked, uh, asked around the, the table and, and one French guy that uh, was a scout was Simone Allais. And uh, he grabbed me on the side and said, uh, we didn't meet you because uh, we, we knew uh, what type of players uh, you were and um, that uh, you were first on the list. And uh, uh, so uh, it felt pretty good after that, that uh, all that time, even if I didn't sit with them and meet with them before the draft, that uh, I was their, uh, I were their, uh, their first uh, pick on their list that, uh, that draft year. Yeah, I always find that interesting. I've heard this before where teams have drafted players they never interviewed. You know, it's, uh, I guess it's, it's ballsy, but I guess if you, you know, you've watched you enough to know what you're getting, I mean, um, you know, they're confident enough in the, in the, in the pick. But I mean, there's, there's a lot to be said about sitting down with someone, looking them in the eye, right? And, and, and learning a little bit more about their character. So I'm, I'm still, I'm still shocked that that, that happens. 
Um, but, um, you know, the fact that you interviewed with uh, how many other teams you said that the fact the Flyers didn't interview you is a little, is a little bit interesting, but, uh, nonetheless, uh, it worked out obviously in your, in your favor. And obviously any, any team you can get drafted to is, is, is great, but, um, I'm always, uh, interested in, 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 in the psychology behind, uh, you know, yeah. what was on <laughs> behind closed doors when we're, you're making picks and stuff, but, uh. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome career. I mean, uh, talk, talk about like, you know, you come into the NHL, the Flyers in 99, I believe, you know, and the evolution of, you know, the game, like you played 10 years with the Flyers. Like, can you talk to like a little bit more of that old school, you know, you're still kind of in that little bit old school era and then how the game evolved by the time you, you landed up retiring. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, like you said, if you look at, uh, the, the, the rules, the, the way the game were, was playing before uh, the lockout in 2004. Uh, if you look at tapes, uh, uh, if I look at tapes during my first season, I, I cannot believe uh, when you're back checking, you're allowed to to hold a guy and skate with him. <laughs> you know, that, was, that was crazy. You know? yeah. And there was a lot of holding and grabbing, was not uh, too much space, uh, space down low uh, in the ozone was a lot of battle one on one and fighting for puck, fighting for space and uh, a lot more hitting, a lot more fighting too. Um, that was a that was a type of hockey that uh, uh, I think was harder to play. Uh, you had to battle uh, uh, through a lot of things to to end up in scoring space or having a a chance to score a goal. Um, those 30, 45 second shift, you, you were dead after 45 seconds. If you stay longer than a minute, you're dead. So uh, you're dead tired. So um, uh, that, that was, uh, but that, that was the, the, the type of hockey I knew to play, you know, right. even in junior it was the same way. Uh, but um, I knew that uh, my first year, uh, Roger Nielsen was her coach. And uh, um, I, I, Another funny fact: I got drafted as a centerman. I never played left wing in my my whole career before that. So, and um, Roger Nielsen, after ten games, I think had, I'm not sure if I had a goal. Maybe I had a goal or two, but um, I was playing on the third or fourth line, something like that. Um, maybe with Chief, I think on the on the line. But uh, so it was hard. To, it was hard to getting points playing with Chief. Uh, but uh, and Roger came came and said, "Hey, um, it'll be uh, uh, you know, what do you think if you we try you on the left side on the left wing and you'll play with better players? You'll play on the first or second line with uh, Ricky or Leclerc, Lindros uh, was there, Rod Brandamore was there, uh, Rick Tockett, and I said, yeah, that's something pretty good, sure. <laughs> yeah, right. And um, and and it, at first it was hard because uh, people that." Uh, uh, that never played a game or never played a winger on uh, hockey before, and especially in, in that type of, of hockey, when right. that puck coming around the wall, uh, you know that their defense, that their the defenseman from the other team is going to come down and hit you pretty hard, or you know. Uh, so uh, I had to say I struggled <laughs> a couple of games uh, before feeling comfortable, uh, especially when that, that that puck was coming on my side. Um, but, um, I, Roger was, was really patient with me. Give me, I, I think like 10 games, uh, before, uh, deciding if I was going to go back to center or stay on the left side. And, 
and after a couple of games, I felt pretty good. And uh, and and sure, like I said, it, it helped when you play with veteran players like uh, like Rex and and uh, now Eric Lindros or Rod Brandemore at first. So uh, um, so that that's pretty much the first part of um, of my first uh, NHL career. Uh, you know, early on, and um, like I said, I was I had a chance to play with with great great players, great veterans that uh, show me the, the right way to be uh, uh, a professional on the ice and off the ice. Um, at first, you know, be honest with you, I, 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 you could see I, I still have my, my little accent from, from Quebec City, but uh, at first I was not speaking too much English. You know, yeah, you understand uh, the coaching, you know, all uh, hockey language the same way, you know, a puck or shooting the puck and stuff like that. It's pretty much the same thing in junior. But uh, um, so Eric Desjardins was uh, was uh, one of our defensemen, and uh, he took me on his wing and kind of helped me to uh, uh, to um, to get better at speaking English. He understand uh, uh, the language a little bit better. Yeah, pretty solid mentor there too. Hey, eh? pretty <laughs> pretty, yeah, pretty, a, pretty grounded human. I could go down the list, and and one guy that uh, um, had a a short career, maybe in Philly, but Dan McGill is is the guy that uh, I was staying um, at the hotel at Hampton 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 Inn, I think the yeah. Hampton Inn next to the. Well, at first was at the Coliseum, was not even the skate zone. Oh, that's and, right. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't have a car, and like I said, I was not speaking English. And uh, Dan uh, from Ontario, a uh, little bit of French speaking where from. So he was, speak- he was speaking French pretty good. And I remember getting a call in my hotel room. I had no phone at that time, no, <laughs> no cell phone. And he called me and said, you want me to pick, pick you up in French? And I said, sure. And so well, he, he, he helped me, gave me some ride to, to go at the practice and go to lunch after practice and stuff like that. So uh, um and I never asked for it, and he's he's the one that uh, uh, was really cool uh, from him to do that, and, and it helped me to to feel comfortable, and and having a right to go at the rink, what time to go at the rink, you know, not getting late and stuff like that. So, um, so Dan was was really good with me my first year. Gags, you when you came in talking about all those guys, you come in as a nineteen year old. I mean, you're playing with men like grown man, 30 years old back, back then the league was more of, of older players too. But yeah. like you said, what a, what a great group of guys you did. You just named them all like uh, for mentors and to, and to help you become pros. Cause everyone you just talked about were unbelievable pros. Yep. Yeah. And I could go down the list. I didn't mention Bundy. Bundy was yeah. there to show me other things uh, off the ice, but uh, <laughs> well, maybe that, that was, maybe. <laughs> Those that might was, not have always been the best yeah, things, but, but it's okay. That that was the way the game was playing at that time, and and off the ice was part of it too. And and yep. that was one thing with that group of guys. We were, we were really close. Bunding was 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 fun, you know. After yeah. games on on the road, now Philly, all the the games on on away was really close. So we were coming back, and uh, a lot of times after a, a road game. We end up going at the Main Street Pub, yeah, uh, yeah right. in Jersey. All the guys they they keep the the, the bar open for us, so yeah. a bunch of guys we were going there after games and and watching her game on TV because they were replaying 
her game later on and, and talking about the game. And that was that was fun. That was cool. And that's that's the type of things you don't see uh, too often anymore in, in this right. league. So the, the the game changed and but that was part of it. And but uh to go back to your question, Nasty was uh, uh I could go down the list was uh all those guys uh, uh had great career but I was 19 years old. The, the youngest guy next to me was Brian Boucher. And Boucher already had a wife. And I'm not sure if he had kids, but he, he was already married. So I was, I had a girlfriend, but I, I was by myself for a bunch, uh, a bunch of times. So it was no, uh, uh, Willie came down two years after, but it was no Justin Williams, was no younger guy like, like me to, to understand what I'm going through. So, but those guys took me on their wings and uh, make me feel that welcome right away. And uh, like I said, I learned so much from that first year. Um, I was conf confident to, to, to make the team at 19 years old because of the way I, I play in junior, the way I play with team Canada at world junior uh, that gave me a lot of confidence. And, um, but like I said, Uh, don't don't know if uh, let's we were talking about draft. If I was uh, if you're getting drafted by another team, if uh, I will had the, the same uh, for uh, first success that I had my first year with the Flyers. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I guess it's hard it's hard to ever know that. But I guess uh, you know the, the fact that you landed up in Philly with uh, a great situation. It, it lands up being, you know, the make or break for the player, right? I mean, a, a great player can land up in a bad situation and then, you know, their career could be, you know, at, at least at the very start uh, rough. Uh, but it sounds like, uh, you know, it worked out very well for you. You mentioned all these great, great players that Flyers uh, uh, had and, you know, not just great players, but great people, uh, which, um, you know, is obviously more important at the end of the day. But uh, just, just, just building off the, you know, the evolution of the game, you mentioned, you know, the off ice as well as the on ice, you know, the, obviously the clutching, the grabbing, um, the speed of the games increased through the roof uh, to, to this day. Um, but, you know, the off ice, like you, you kind of mentioned it, like, you know, that it was a different animal back then, right? I mean, that was almost like part of the culture was that team bonding. It was like you leave practice and maybe it was even before your time, but it was like almost mandatory to show up at, you know, at the where, wherever tavern for, yeah. for a couple midday pops. But, you know, maybe talk about like what you've seen even towards your NHL career, how, how, how the game evolved off the ice and how mindful guys became and how much focus there was on actual, like, you know, sports specific, hockey specific training. And then just, you know, maybe, Um, you know, removing some of these, uh, you know, say bad habits that guys seem to have had, uh, you know, throughout their careers. Yeah, but like every sport and you know, the game will uh, will uh, change, will get better. And uh, if you go back uh, 20, 30 years ago, um, hockey players didn't train in the summer, you That's know, right. and one guy decided to train and, He, uh, sorry, the language, he fucked up everything. I guess. <laughs> but, uh, hard to believe. But, eh? no, it, but yeah, but no one, the, the training camp was to get back in shape and right. finding your game and season start and you're good to go. Uh, but one guy decided to do it and, um, he started to play better, I guess. Uh, he ended up better, a better player. And, and, uh, that, that's the first step. And after that, in my time, My uh, now was uh, off ice, 
you know, maybe go at the gym in the summer, uh, maybe five times a, five times a, a week, uh, train an hour, an hour and a half, do some cardio. Uh, don't put the skate until maybe August, maybe a couple of weeks before camp. And that's, we're talking about uh, early 2000. But uh, I have to say the game kind of changed after the lockout in 2004 when uh, uh, the game got faster, they, 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 they changed the rules, no all day, no grabbing. It, it came down to a, a speed game, no, no more red line. Uh, that, that was one thing that, uh, um, that opened the game a lot more. And uh, so he had to, to be in better shape, uh, be better, quick, uh, work on your quickness. So your training had to change in the summer. If, if I go back and remember uh, leaving the, the, the Flyers for the summer, telling me that uh, I need to get bigger, you know, uh, up here, you know, yeah, need right. to gain some weight. You know, you need to get, get close to 200 pounds uh, before next summer. So I remember working out and, and tried to get the muscle and, you know, and, 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 yeah, having a – uh, a buddy that uh, will look like a culturist, you know, and and <laughs> and, and hitting the hitting the, the uh, and ch- when they check your your weight, you know, you want to be heavy, and that's not the case anymore. Uh, now no, you forget uh, about yeah, you want to take care of that so you don't getting hurt, but you you want to you want to get stronger uh, down here, yeah, get bigger legs and be strong up down there. And uh, quick feet, like I said. So your training had to change. Uh, slowly, they, they start to look at more uh, your body fat. Um, at first, I think my first couple of years was like, you need to be around 12, 14%. Right. Uh, and if I go back to my last year with Boston, uh, that was 10%. So, uh, and when you're getting older, you know, that's, it's, it's tougher, you know, to to get leaner and it's easy to gain weight and stuff like that. So, um, so every, everything change, uh, uh, train wise off ice. Um, um, and you know, and now, you know, you get more stuff that uh, players have to do, uh, of the ice, not only gym, but you have to, to hit the ice, uh, working on their skills on the ice, uh, power skating, stuff like that. So, uh, it's definitely more work now uh, that players have to do that I had a chance to taste a little bit at the end. Yeah, it's evolved quite a bit since you've left the game, actually, too, just the way these guys train and the mindfulness that goes into it. And, you know, like you said, like there's no more bodybuilding. There's no more like heavy lifting. It's just so, so much about prevention of injuries and, and, and you know, being a functional athlete. And, and I just wanted to ask you a question, being a skilled guy, um, and, and you were st- you know, you, you, you grew up in, in the era of still when there was enforcers. And I understand that that part's pretty much out of the game now, but you know, me being, uh, you know, a, a tough guy back in the day, I had a memory of, of you, my first year, um, with, with Hitch, we were in West Point. You probably don't remember this. And, and we were at a bar after one of our little things there. And I remember you, you coming over and talking to me and I, I don't know if you remember like the, the, the training camp where we were, I had been up and down. Hitch made a public statement that we didn't need toughness. We didn't need a tough guy. And then I, I can't remember the game, what happened, but 
I think a couple of guys got pushed around. So next thing you know, I'm called back up and then I'm in West Point. But you came over and you're like, you know, Roz, really appreciate, you know, having a guy like you around. And, you know, it's 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 meaningful. So I, I wanted to say, first of all, that I, I appreciate that because it's still etched in my memory, you know, having a guy like you say that. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to get your perspective on having an, a tough guy on the team, whether it was Brash or any guy you played with, just having that support around you did did you feel like it had an effect on you being able to to do your job better oh yeah that's for sure you know a hundred percent and um and we all we all you guys know that i'm really close with uh with brash and uh uh, my first couple of years you know we had some some tough guys too you know uh, chief was there and um and even like rick tockett once in a while i remember getting pushed around and rick tockett just grabbed the guy and and uh kill him almost and i was like wow that that's and he said kid just play your game you know you, you get your space no one will bother you anymore and Maybe. from that point on i understand right away that wow i got some people getting get my back i don't have to worry about that just play my game and i'll get my space and I end up uh, be a, a player that had uh, a bigger role uh, uh, really quick early in my career, and uh, Brash came down after, and that was uh, the, the same way. You know, uh, uh, I don't remember getting hit uh, dirty by someone or a cheap shot or something. Even after whistle, you know, no one was touching me. If if one guy. Uh, came and do something to me. I knew that my buddy Brash will go on the ice and take care of him. And I have to say that when Brash left, uh, we had no one. I think yeah. I, I I don't want to have the respect to maybe I forget someone, but uh, Friggy landed up big, in there for maybe half. Oh, uh, maybe Friggy, maybe Friggy came. 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 Yeah, Friggy was there. Yeah, but uh, there was a gap there though when Brash left. There was a gap or something like that. So I I knew how much. Uh, mean to me first and how important it was for player like 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 myself or other players or even younger player to have a guy like like you like a role like that and uh, uh, so I was pretty happy when uh, uh, you had the call to come up and uh, and uh, take your care of business for us uh, once in a while and uh, and to me I, I know it's it's uh, slowly you start to uh, don't see that anymore but I think you have, they have to still be part of the game. Uh, you still see some dirty stuff out there that uh, uh, no one, no one's keep, no one, you know, you, you do a, a cheap shot, but no one will come and and see you after. Yeah, you'll get suspended or yeah, fine, but that's there's no better way, you know, to to go see a guy and give him one or two punch, and uh, the next he'll he'll understand a lot more. Uh, by you know getting you know whack a couple times than than <laughs> getting fined a couple thousand or getting suspended for one game. So yep, right. I have a hard time with that, but in the same time, uh, I understand that uh, you know they want the the game to be more clean. Uh, is that going to help? I don't know, but um, but the, the the big thing I think you know, Rouse, I think it's with uh, concussion now. We, yeah. Uh, but the other the other thing that uh, I've been reading, uh, uh, fighting, yeah, it's part of maybe the problem, but not that much, I, I think. But 
Yeah, only four percent of all concussions come from fighting. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. So it's yeah. after you know, it's after that uh, what guys doing you know after their career that uh, I think we have to uh, pay a little bit more attention to it. And um, I know the NHL's got a program uh, with that for for that to help players that struggle after hockey. And uh, but. Um, I know that's that's what it is for now, and it's uh, it's it's something we'll we'll talk about uh, not only now but for the next couple of years for sure. Yeah, yeah that, that's for, that's definitely for sure. Um, Gags, uh, one thing going back to the training aspect of everything you were talking about, you know, they wanted you to bulk up. It's too bad you didn't know Riley then, because <laughs> somehow he weighed two twenty five when he played for the Flyers. And double whoppers with cheese man. on about one a one seventy five one eighty frame. So there's something he was able to take that uh, got him really strong and uh, a little bit bigger. But um, <laughs> the bad stuff. Yeah, it might. Yeah, um, Gags uh, wanted wanted to ask you about um, the Super Bowl party you had or bring it up, not ask you about it, but uh, Riley, I'm not sure if you uh, know about this. Uh, Gag's obviously one of the leaders on the team and years back, he had a Super Bowl party and made the mistake of inviting everyone, staff included. And uh, so myself and even our uh, local Bauer rep, Timmy Parr, uh, <laughs> one of Gaggy's good buddies and all of our good buddies, actually. Oh, so quick story. So, you know, we're going over Gaggy's beautiful, beautiful home and he's having the whole team over and Timmy comes. So we got our bottle of gray goose and Gag's big kitchen and it's all this food and everything. So I pour us a drink and me and Timmy crush one really quick. And so he says, give me that bottle. He starts pouring it. And as he's pouring, he looks at me and he says, I'm on a roll. <laughs> I'm like, Oh wow. This is like a triple. Right. So anyway, Fast forward two hours later, me and Timmy can barely speak English. We may have been speaking French. I, I'm not sure, Gags. But <laughs> Maybe. We, we ended up, I mean, it was, it was a many stories to that whole day. But uh, one of the funniest things is Timmy's, Timmy's wife, uh, she was trying to make sure we weren't ruining Gags' place. We ended up upstairs. He had this really nice floor and these couches. And me and Timmy start throwing peanuts at each other. Don't ask me why. And guys are probably like, get these two out of here. Gags was being nice about it. Just laughing at us. Next thing you know, Shelly bends over to pick these peanuts up and the old thongs coming right out of the pants. And I'm like, Whoa, here we go, boys. And all the guys start dying. And she kind of had a crush on Knuble, on Mike Knuble. And Timmy sees noobs, like eyes, like blow up. And he comes flying across Gags room and he's, a lot bigger than me. That's all I'll say. Head right to the shoulder. Just a absolute nails me into Gags's couch right across his wood floor. Urgh, you can hear it. And that's that. <laughs> so he's like, you we're out of here. We got Gags didn't kick us out, but we did get kicked out of the party. Not from oh, Gags. So, but it was a great time. Served. Uh, that was not for me because I had, had a, <laughs> I remember that party was fun. It was a, a fun party. And, and I, I know Timmy uh, uh, from a long time, and uh, no, we, I know he had a, a good time there, and that was pretty fun. <laughs> that was a good. That was a good time. Um, Gags, we were. Uh, you you had a lot of good moments, obviously, in your career, man. I mean, you won a gold medal, you won a Stanley Cup, um, but here in Philly, we'll talk about your Stanley Cup a little bit. But uh, in Philly, 
I would imagine one of your biggest uh, favorite moments was that when we came, everybody always talks about it, but when we were down 3-0, you had been hurt, you broke your foot, um, you come back, get the OT winner in game four. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, you had a couple goals the next game in game uh, five, one in game six, and then you can talk about game seven. I mean, well, I mean, what a series Riles, you were there. Like, I mean, it was one of my favorite times in, in my career that I had, if you want to call it a career in hockey, but uh, you want to talk about that a little bit. No, it, it, it's definitely, uh, the, the, I had really had a lot of good moments with the Flyers uh, first year, uh, even 2004 before lockout losing oh, yeah. against Tampa Bay game seven. That's right. uh, that was special. Uh, but that run in 2010, that, that, that's have to be the, the the highlight of my career. Yeah, I won the cup with the, the Kings a couple of letters a couple of years later after that. But uh, that run uh, with the Flyers, um, even even today, I still uh, uh, thinking about it. That if we you now if we had won, you know, and yeah. that that still uh, hurt me, you know, thinking about it. Um, but that. Uh, that round against Boston, that that was uh, that was fun. That was fun. That's uh, it's even hard to believe that we we won the game and uh, I had a chance to. I think it was like ten years anniversary last year or this year or something like that. Yeah, like, so yeah, it was. It was yeah, last, so we had a chance year, yeah. to to watch it uh, on NBC. I think with a bunch of uh, guys from the Flyers uh, uh, that was part of it, and um, that was cool. You know. Uh, being down uh, three nothing, and uh, I remember, like like you said, I was not playing uh, the first three games, and uh, uh, I was gonna try to play game four. I was not sure, uh, so I was not really too close uh, with the team at that time. Um, I was doing some rehab, and and I was not working out. You know, it was like two weeks, just just doing some rehab. That's it. You know, resting and. So, uh, be honest with you, like game four, play game four was almost uh, not possible and not imaginable that I was going to play game four. You know, I'm I'm not in shape, you know. Yeah, two weeks, but, you know, we all know uh, hockey is uh, if you don't do nothing for two weeks, you gonna, it's going to get hard to to get back out there for the shape and, you know, the, the, uh, you'll get tired pretty quick, but um, – so after game three, we're losing game. We we lose game three. Um, I come down. That's the first time I go down to the locker room after the game. Um, and to in my mind, uh, I, I, it was not the first time that uh, we we're down three nothing. And most of the time, when you come to the locker room and you're down three nothing, you'll see some head downs and basically the the series is over. You're gonna lose game four and you're gonna get swept. So that that was. What I, in my mind, I think that's that's the, the way the locker room is going to look like. Everybody's going to get down. It's going to be quiet. You know, that's it. Now, uh, see you next season. And uh, so I come down and I was surprised that, no, guys were confident that, no, it's maybe 3 nothing, but we could be up 2-1. If you remember, yeah. we lost game one that's in right. overtime, uh, right. game two by one goal, uh, game three by one goal. And, and we're... Guys were like, "Hey, I, I think we could 
we can go back and win that series. And I say, okay. So that gave me some, some uh, goosebump and, and feel like want me to play game four and do, do something, you know, and try to come back. And uh, lucky enough uh, with the help of Jimmy McCrossin, the trainer staff and training staff and, and the doctors, uh, they, they give me, uh, uh, they, they, they numb my foot and, um, and um, I was able to play game four and, uh, and, um, and we were able to win that game. And from that point on, we, we felt really confident that uh, we're, we're, we're going to come back and at least tie, tie the series 3-3 and force game seven. And you never know what can happen in game seven. And uh, um, that's what we did. And, and that's something no, no, no one can take that away from us. We, we did one of the best comeback in the NHL history. And, and after that, we took off and we had so much confidence. Montreal was, was in front of us. Um, but we were really confident, confident that we'll, we're going to go all the way that year. Not not just go go in the Stanley Cup final, but winning the Stanley Cup. Right. It's it's funny because you're down three nothing, and you don't ever think, "Oh, we're going to lose." But like you said, it's just it's part of hot, like any series, any sports. I mean, you're down three nothing. The chances of you coming back is is not very good. Anyway, you score the overtime winner. Then I think we shut them out. We beat them like three or four nothing the next game in Boston. And I'm like, uh-oh, because you know the the center's going to be rocking for game six. If we, if we get that one, now, you know, obviously, like you said, anything happens in game seven. We get to game seven, you get down three nothing. And I just remember thinking, God, the, I, like, it felt so bad for you guys. From we, you know, we came back for all of us, but more of you guys doing the real work. Uh, you get down three nothing, and I just – and you're like, God, man, what, you know, what a, what a job we did to come back. Uh, it's too bad. And then Labby calls a timeout and it was a great timeout. He had the knack of kind of doing that too, a lot. Um, just, I remember him telling you guys, just let's get one before the period's over, just get one. And, and sure yeah. enough, I think JVR kind of a C and I shot it. I believe it broke the stick of one of the, uh, uh, one of their defensemen and then found its way through Tuca. And then after that, it was just like I. It felt like you guys. We went in after the first. I'm like, we're we're gonna win this game. Like, yeah. I, it's easy to say that now because we did. But the feeling was very positive. Yeah, that, that that's exactly you just describe it the the, the best way. Uh, uh, we were confident that, uh, especially after after that first goal at three nothing for Boston. Confident was really low at that, at <laughs> yeah. that moment, and uh, but Levy called that timeout, and and I think that timeout uh, kind of helped us, you know, to to uh, settle down and relax, and and just say hey, we we there, uh, we we came back. It's we uh, we forced Game Seven. Uh, yeah, it's three nothing in Boston. That's gonna be tough, but just just get one before the first period. Just one. Don't think about scoring three goals. Just score one and when we saw uh, that first one go in by GVR and that was a lucky goal bounce uh, over his skate and that was not a nice goal but to win you need some luck and it's almost that that gave us a a sign that we're going to win that game now it it happened exactly like like, uh, it was supposed to happen and uh, like Levy uh, told us and that gave us some confidence and after the, the first uh, we look at each other, uh, and we felt that 
let's go get the second one. And after that, pressure is going to be on Boston. That's exactly that, what happened. And when Danny B scored, I think, the, the tying goal or hard seat, uh, we knew that uh, that, was, that was our game. And, uh, and um, uh, they took too, too many men on the ice. It was five, five minutes or six minutes left. And like I said, it was almost like the karma. It was almost like it was meant to happen that we we're going to get a power play. And, uh, you know, lucky enough, uh, I'm the guy that uh, got that goal. And uh, it was a setup play that we, we, we try a lot of time in Richie on the power play. A uh, bunch of guys that did it before, uh, the sit-in twins in Vancouver, you know, uh, Eric or Danny on the, on the wall shooting the puck hard. And I'm just putting my stick. So Richie did the same thing. I just put my stick there, tried to deflect it. But uh, it was a Boston Bruins defenseman there that stopped it with their shin pads, with his shin pads and, and the rebound. The, the puck just came right back on my stick. And um, I remember from there, I said, just just shoot uh, uh, blocker side. And, um, and when I saw that puck go in, that was, that was a really, really good feeling. And I think all of us... Uh, uh, we're really happy, and and after that we had so much confidence with uh, with a goal thing thing uh, in the in the playoffs. And our defenseman core was unbelievable. So uh, yeah, it was five minutes left, but we were uh, confident that uh, we'll be able to to win that game. That that goal, you want to talk about a goal scorer's goal, Riles? <laughs> I mean that that was just a, that was an unbelievable goal. And you're right, man. I, I love watching, I, I've watched it a hundred times. I just love watching the bench too. And they, when, when you scored that goal and there's a really cool uh, thing on that I've seen before. I don't know if you guys remember, but a ton of people went to the center. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. And it was so cool. They show your goal. Everyone's celebrating on our bench and then they go to the center and it's delayed a second. And then everyone, I mean, it's just one of the, still gives you chills. Like, uh, yeah. yeah seeing it it was, it was great time and i was one of the best years i ever had in uh hockey that's for sure yeah me too yeah it's a tough way tough way to go down you know I, you know i was uh i was there for moral support that uh that playoff <laughs> but nonetheless i dressed for every warm-up and you know was around and you know i i felt you know with the way that season had gone and the way we got into playoffs and the, the whole whatever, just the whole drama within the playoffs that we were going to win the Stanley Cup. Like, that's just the, the way, I mean, I think everyone felt that. It was it was obviously disappointing, you know, to go down the way we did. But, uh, you know, that's just sports and freak things happen. But, uh, yeah, know, and, 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 yeah, exactly, Riles. And uh, it sucks and you learn from that. And But, you know, going to the Stanley Cup, it's, it's some players never had a chance to go uh, – once in their whole career, so uh, that's a big accomplishment. And and when you go there, uh, you know both teams want to win. Both teams uh, yep. believe that they, they're going to win it. And to me, uh, I I think that um, you know we're we're a big up a team. You know, Prongs was hurt, uh, Richie was hurt, Cartsy was hurt. Yep. Uh, I was hurt with my foot. Uh, Goalies, goalies banged up, and sure, sure, you know it's almost impossible to be hundred percent. You know when when you're in the Stanley Cup Finals, everybody's got some some bruises, little little injuries. But uh, I I thought that our group was was uh, really banged up at the end. 
uh, we're not 100%. Uh, like I said, it's um, it's um, impossible to be 100%. But let's let's say like 90% um, when your your top guys are uh, are hurt, it's 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 hard to win. And um, um, to me, that uh, I now we forced game six, we lost in overtime, but. Uh, that was not the flowers that we saw against Boston or Montreal. We did our best. Now we had some some guys that were unbelievable: Danny B, Hard C, Billy Leno. Those guys, you could see they they were they, they had some bruises. They, they 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 were banged up, but not like had to take some needles before games. They, they were okay. You, you see them with a uh, bag of ice after games, but not not much. So you could see they had they had something left in their tank, but. Me, I remember, and, and even Richie and Cardsy were were like drained. Like we had, I had no more left uh, after Game Six, and uh, and to win, you need you need you need everything. You need that that little extra energy. You need luck too to win. But to me, if the 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 team that have the most uh, healthy guy in their lineup has got a better chance to win, and Sure, I don't know uh, how many guys were hurt on the other side, but to me, I felt that maybe Chicago were uh, uh, better on that on that side, and that's maybe why they they, they won it because you now uh, you force Game Seven, even it's it, even if Game Seven is in Chicago, uh, Stanley Cup Final, uh, everything can happen. Yeah, you, you know. never know. <clears throat> you never know. That's right. Since we're talking about Stanley Cups, I mean. Why don't you talk about your, your year in L.A. there, uh, winning a Stanley Cup? But since we're talking about staying healthy in playoffs, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that playoffs, the L.A. Kings went um, the whole playoffs without any injuries or man games lost. Is that, is that true? Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's funny because you, you, basically what I'm just saying about, about, the, uh, about the run in 2010, uh, I kind of – to me, it was no. When you go all the way, you go in the Stanley Cup. You you gonna have some guys that hurt, uh, that will have to take needles before games and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, I think it's in my mind, it's it's normal. Yeah. Uh, it, it's part of the game. Uh, but that the point I was bringing in 2010, I I went through it in 2012. Yep. But I never see a guy that had to take a needle. I had to. You see some guys uh, with ice, uh, a bag of ice after uh, after a game, but we were not banged up. We were like LT group, uh, no no big injury. Uh, your top gun was like uh, fresh, energized, uh, no big injuries from from their uh, on their side. So uh, that group was uh, was fresh, was healthy, and um, we. Uh, to me, I think it's it's part of uh, of success if you want to win. And uh, like you said, I don't think we we, we one guy miss a game. And uh, um, to me, that was uh, we, we had a, a really good good hockey team. But um, that uh, I think if you want to win, you need that on your side too. Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, you gotta stay healthy. Obviously, you gotta have the right team. But staying healthy is obviously key. You lose one or two guys and that's the difference between one or two goals in, in a series and, and winning and losing. But uh, yeah. And even, even Rouse, if, if you, you have a guy that uh, is not hundred percent, but he's got a separate shoulder or he's got a, 
a broken foot or something, it's yeah, he's a good player, but he's not he's not close to 100%. He might be 80, 85%. You like to see that guy not having to take a needle or taking some medicine to help him to play a little bit pain free, but it's almost impossible. So if you're able to to play and not having to go through that, it's you you'll get uh, a lot better result from from your top players if they're uh, healthy. Yep, that is the truth. And uh, you know that, that last year there, you mean you or not last year that year that you won in 2012. I mean, I think you played 34 games. Uh, you played a lesser role. Were you banged up that season? Yeah, I um, after Christmas I uh, uh, I got hit. Uh, not not a big hit, but I had a, another concussion and. Um, Um, now at, uh, I was older at that time. I was ending at the end of my career. I don't know. Like I was 30, 32, 34, I think. And, um, I had two kids, uh, another concussion. It was maybe my, I don't know, seven, eight, one. So it's it start to be a lot, you know, uh, which that was in 2012, we, We understand a little bit more about that type of injury. Uh, that could be something that you'll have problem in the future. So I didn't want to take any chance. Um, I told the Kings that I want to make sure that before I come back, I'm going to be 100%. And, uh, and I had to say, things went really, really good before I got hurt. I had a really good start with the Kings, and I was really excited to uh, – Uh, to join a team that uh, I knew uh, a lot of guys. Uh, Willie, Justin William was there. Uh, Richie uh, got traded in the summer. Uh, Cartsy came later on, but uh, John Steven was uh, an assistant coach. Uh, Terry Murray was a head coach at at, uh, at start of the season. Oh, that's right. He got fired right after that. Uh, Daryl Sutter took over, but uh, I was really excited. I felt that... Uh, Uh, a lot better than uh, when I got traded to Tampa Bay. That, that that took me a while before I felt comfortable there in Tampa. But in LA, I feel like home was fun. But injuries happen, and, and especially that one in my uh, in my case with the history I had in, in the past, um, I didn't want to take any chance. And I took three, four months off. Um, after that, I, uh, when the playoffs start, I start uh, training again, skate again with the, uh, we call it the Black Aces. I'd be around the team a little bit more, going at games and stuff like that. And uh, you never know. And, and that year went all the way. And uh, I was uh, able to come back just in time for the Stanley Cup final and play, uh, play some games. And um, finally, finally, be able to realize uh, any uh, hockey player's dream winning the Stanley Cup in a couple of years just before with the Flyers, uh, the bad taste, uh, the bad memories just uh, kind of went away uh, when I left that that Stanley Cup. And uh, it was almost that um, I lost with Philly. I, pu I pushed pause and I get another chance to go in the Stanley Cup final a couple of years later. And that time, not uh, uh, not uh, losing my chance to uh, accomplish the, the the ultimate goal. It must have been something. It's always uh, 
it's always nice to to, to win anything, but uh, to winning at that level, especially if you've you know put in, I think probably twelve years of hockey, well NHL hockey at that time, to to finally uh, to hoist uh, you know the, the Stanley Cup must have been uh, something surreal. So congratulations again for that. Yeah, that, that was thanks. awesome. <clears throat> it's thanks. funny how how excited we you know I always get for guys like like Gags and uh, Chemo and Mark Strike guys that. Yeah. We're here and, and, you know, just such good people. And all, every guy actually that that's left it, you, you love watching guys lift the Stanley cup, but it was really special with, with gags, you know, and, and those other guys that I mentioned gaggy uh, quick question. I forgot about uh, coach uh, Terry Murray being there. And then Daryl came in kind of a switcheroo was that <laughs> with Daryl. Cause I've heard yeah. so many great Daryl stories. I mean, uh, so many from chief from, from Richie, from Carts, you know, and other guys too. But I just, what was that like with Daryl? Uh, that that was definitely a different, uh, different feeling in the locker room, and uh, <laughs> um, a lot of respect for what uh, Terry Murray uh, did with the Kings. But I had, uh, I didn't, I didn't like the feeling uh, when when I came in. Um, I was really excited to join Terry and and John because they, they I had a chance to. Uh, to have them as a coach uh, with the Flyers, and I, I like both of them. And uh, Terry was a head coach, but I could see, like, even from day one at camp, that something was going on with with uh, Terry and uh, the, the the group of guys that were already there with the Kings. So, um, so that that was my feeling day one, and and we we had a. Okay, start, but win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game. But with the type of team that they 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 um, they they put together with uh, the signed the free agent and Richie trade, we were not supposed to be a five hundred team. And and um, and I told the guys, I said, oh, guys, don't don't. And you could see, like, guys were waiting for a, a coaching change, right? And I told them, I said, guys, don't don't wish for a coaching change because you don't know who's going to come in. Right. Yeah. He, he's not, maybe Terry's not a tough guy. He's not the guy that will come and yell at us and, and uh, crank up us before games or throwing stuff, you know, <laughs> uh, between pairs to wake us up, uh, to, to, to do something. But, and um, so uh, that happened, he got fired. And, and, and uh, when they announced that Daryl Sutter is going to be your head coach, some guys was, whoa, that's, that, that was a wake up call because that, that was definitely a different type of coaching. And, uh, uh, but you now, uh, you know, that he was going to be demanding on us, uh, tough on us, uh, maybe more old style, uh, type of coach. Uh, but, uh, he, he, he got the best, uh, from us every, every game. Um, even, even that season, I, I think we, we clinched the playoffs. I think last game of the season, we yeah. finish. We finish in eight seed. That's right. Uh, to play Vancouver in in in, um, in first round, so we were really close to missing the playoffs that year. So he did a great job with uh, John John Stevens. Stay uh, stay in, stayed in the coaching staff, and um, but like I said, I'm sure Richie's got better story than than, than mine. Like I said, I, I didn't play much after Christmas. So, uh, but. Um, a lot of respect for him because he give he gave me my chance to get back in the lineup in the Stanley Cup final. I had a really good chat with him uh, 
before jumping in in the lineup, uh, telling him that uh, what I went through in 2010 with the Flyers, the, the, the bad taste that still had in my mouth from losing that Stanley Cup, and he reflect to his same um, another story. Basically, he, he went through the same thing with uh, with Calgary against Tampa Bay, losing in the Stanley oh, Cup final. Yeah. So both Surrey kind of was similar to each other. So um, uh, so we uh, that was a good chat and a lot of respect for him to to give me my my chance to get back. Uh, like you said, Riles had a different roles uh, than than uh, than I had with the Flyers or with Tampa Bay, uh, more like a third, fourth line guy at the end. But um, winning the Stanley Cup doesn't matter where it is, what type of role you have. It's more the uh, accomplishment of what you did your whole career, all the sacrifice, all the injuries you had to go through, what your parents did for you, you know, uh, when you're younger. So it's a, it's a trophy celebrating with uh, all your friends and family, your teammates. So it's a lot of thing comes into your mind when you, you win that thing. No kidding. Yeah. yeah just awesome. uh, makes it all worth its while. Hey, <laughs> when you, when you sit back and reflect on your your childhood and your hockey career, when you win when you win a trophy of that nature, for sure. Um, I wanted to ask you. You know, you mentioned the concussion that last year. And I knew you, you had a concussion, and I, I forgot that you're out for that long with it. How are you feeling today? I mean, with your just physical body and and your head and neck. I know you had some neck issues there too when you're in Philly. Yeah, yeah I had uh, I had some neck problem that was coming from from the concussion that. Uh, I had to uh, from from the from the past, and um, um, right now I'm feeling pretty good. Um, and at the end, uh, when I decide to uh, to stop playing and, and um, quitting hockey, was no, I have to say that was a lot of thing that 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 came to that decision. But uh, my injury, my all the concussion that. Uh, that I that, that I went through um, definitely uh, pushed me to the retirement at the end, and um, I didn't I didn't want to take any chance to maybe play another season or two. Uh, definitely at the end, my roles were, were less. I was playing maybe eight ten minutes a game. I was not playing anymore on the power play. Uh, one thing I remember was 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 tough was. Uh, when you go in overtime three on three and you're not on the ice, you just sit there and uh, for five minutes and watching the game yeah. and you end up winning, but you didn't do anything. So it, yeah. that, 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 that hit me. I was, Oh, I'm not sure if I don't, if I like that. And so, uh, but um, at the end, I didn't want to take any chance and, and maybe waiting for that last one that will uh, put me out of hockey and, and maybe having some, problem in the future and had three kids um i want to be able to 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 enjoy life with them playing hockey with them doing stuff with them and i'm, I'm lucky I don't, I don't know what the future is gonna hold for me with 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 that like i said i had eight of them um but right now i'm doing great some like like you were saying some neck problem once in a while some headache once in a while but i think it's coming more from my neck than my my brain so um um, so lucky enough right now. So hopefully I'll, I'll be okay for, for, uh, for the future too. Well, <clears throat> it's good to hear because I, I, I was, I'm going to throw this out here since we're on the pod. I do have a spot on my men's league team. 
You, <laughs> you, you are 40 now. I, I know I'm lying about my age. I haven't quite got there yet. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but uh, Gags, we do, we do need a guy that can um, – we, we got a lot of scores, but we could use your, you know, like um, just all, all of your experience and everything. You, you may not get a full shift on, on our team. We, we just won the – Championship again. Not sure if you knew about that, but uh, you know. But you are forty now, but you're going to be forty-one in a, in about another yeah. month or so, a little over a month. But uh, you're more than welcome to fly, and we'll fly you in uh, every Sunday night. You get to stay over. Uh, my Surf buddy. turf. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I still pay once in a while, so I'll I'll come down. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> we just we just started our winter league, so. Two and oh, not a big deal. <laughs> Is Timmy Parr on the team? No, no, man. No, Timmy's so busy with his with his kids. He, he he's not playing yeah. right now. I don't, I don't know when he's going to get back into it. But okay. Um. Also, uh, Gags. I just just so you know, I just finished up uh, eleven and oh as a head coach in uh, Elvis's uh, Chipmunk nice. League ball hockey. So congrats, bud. Yeah, thanks. I'm gonna I'm sending out some resumes now because I. You never know, like sometimes early in the year, the NHL is looking for a new coach. Like it's a shortened season. So I'm <laughs> figuring uh, they see that 11 and 0 um, with my chipmunk league, four to six year olds. I, oh, yeah. I've got a shot. I mean, I've got, I'm a little, I'm a little demanding, but uh, I think I got what it takes. 11 and 0. Oh, yeah. I, I was little, I was little Elvis. Oh, he's good, man. He's, he's a he's mess. Good? He's a terror. Yeah, he's in he's school right now, or he would have been standing right here trying oh, to yeah. take the gaggy. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. He's, he's unbelievable on Instagram. Like, he's so funny. Like, he's, uh, <laughs> he's a little nasty, huh? <laughs> Getting he's, a, he's a mess, that's for sure, man. That's for Played sure. How, how are you? Roses. Yeah, he loves Singing. he loves he, he loves them. How, how about your uh, your three kids, man? I mean, they're getting big. I see them on Instagram. They're yeah. beautiful family, man. Yeah, my oldest going to be high school next year, so it's I can't believe it's that. unbelievable. Makes me yeah. feel old. Oh. Uh, me too. I'm yeah. going to be 41, like you said. So it's um, yeah. it's go it's going fast, but uh, yeah. So high school for him next year. Uh, Pee wee tournament here down in Quebec. So. Hopefully oh, hockey's good. gonna yeah, so it, it's that's a big thing, you know. Rouse, yeah. I'm, sure I'm sure you remember Pee Wee, like yep. uh that's a big thing to come down here and play that tournament. So sure. hopefully uh we'll cross your finger that hockey will will get back uh, playing down here. And uh and my two uh, youngest one, uh Juliet and Lily Rose, uh um they're doing good too. They're doing some uh dancing hip-hop, and gym. Hip hop dancing, hip hop, yep, yeah, same, yeah. They're on. They on. Uh, they have uh, TikTok. Uh, oh they have Instagram now. So <laughs> I'm gonna. I You're watching, watching that them. close. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I have to. I have to. She. They're still young. My my second one's uh, nine years old, and my youngest is gonna be six years old. So that's all. It's still it's still too early for that. But uh, yeah, wh- whoever will uh, come here and knock uh, on the door, I'll I'll uh, I'll have a little uh, sit down with uh, with him and make sure that. Uh, I, I know a lot of things about uh, about uh, about that, so I'll uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have a little chat <laughs> maybe a little good chat. Yeah, exactly, man. I t- Riles is uh, years back. Um, Gags was always you know just a such a great professional and and such a nice guy too, as as you know. Um, always this guy, like I said, looks like he walked out of GQ. I mean, look at he's probably been in GQ. I don't even know about it, but anyway. Obviously, he was a heartthrob here in Philadelphia. 
as uh, Michael Del Zotto would say, you better wear your uh, your high waters because it's going to be a flood tonight in the center when I come out <laughs> of the ice. <laughs> if you know what I mean, DZ, love that. But anyway, Gags is uh, – I forget where we were. We were, we were just having a – he had taken uh, the staff, some of the guys for dinner, and these, these girls asked to take a picture. Of course, he was nice, nothing bad, but they were just talking to him, taking a picture. So he comes back over to the table. I'm like – Gags, what were they saying, man? He said, uh, I don't know. She told me she loved the gaggy. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget that. I say that all the time. I, it's one of my favorite things he ever said gag. to me. I, she told me she loved the gaggy. <laughs> Made me laugh, That's man. Funny. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, you look great, brother. Still got, yeah. uh, still got the best uh, hair in the league. Oh, yeah. Looking yeah, a little uh, short on the back. Used to be a <laughs> Yeah, cool a little thing, style. But... I like it. Yeah. Yeah, change a change a look a little bit, but yeah. Uh, yeah, try to keep keep uh, myself in good shape. But it's it's tough, especially right now in that time. That this is uh, yeah, it's not easy. You know, all the gyms down here are closed. Uh, you, you can't play hockey anymore. Uh, the rinks are closed. So yeah, it's hard to get to keep. You, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's one other thing, Gags. I wanted to bring up just because uh, me and Timmy Parr, we still talk about it to this day, and. We had Ivan Provorov on uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, he's kind of like you, maybe not as good as you were with your sticks, but he's like that with it, with his skates, with everything. He's just he's got a pulse for everything. I was so amazed when I got to the Flyers as the head equipment manager, and the way you would go through your sticks. Gags would hand me a stick. Riles, you were using a green goblin. I don't know if you may remember the old green goblin had the holes down the, the shaft. Riggs is like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What's the- it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. But, uh, Righty, Gags, lefty, let's go. Yeah, right. So that reminds me when Chief told Ben Eager had a bad shift and he comes back to the bench. And I I guess Johnny Stevens was coaching and he's like, calls Eags back up and Chief just leaned over and goes, hey, Eags, just leave your stick here. You don't need it. <laughs> we were dying. But anyway, um, Gags could – we'd get a batch of like 24 sticks in and he would go through them and he'd be like, ah, oh, this one's too heavy. And I'm like feeling these sticks. I'm like, they, they feel the same gags. No, no, trust me. Trust me. Timmy's like, Oh geez. Gags. Like, <laughs> so we send these sticks back. The gag says are no good. Right. Sure enough. Factory weighs them. They were dead on what gag said they were. He's like, they're too heavy. So the, we had, remember we started getting them marked gags with a, yeah. They were either in between, like, a, yeah. I mean, these five and like, 10 grams, I think. Yeah. Like but I mean, yeah. the fact that he could pick that out, it just it blew my mind away. So obviously, I wasn't going to argue with the man anyway. He's a goal scorer, he knows what he's doing. But it was just, I was amazed by that. And it, we all, me and Timmy always get a chuckle out of it because even Timmy's like, no way, oh. gags. And then he, we get the stuff back and they're like, Timmy, he's dead on. We're like, oh, okay. Okay. That's why he's a sniper. That's right. That's right. Equipment <laughs> matters. Yeah, I was pretty uh no that that was something I have to say I was maybe a little crazy about it, but uh to me that that's that's one part of your equipment that need to be right on. Right. You know? yeah, and, sure. 100%. And and we were talking about uh starting in ninety eight, finishing in two thousand fifteen. I started playing at some Wood blade with a yeah. Eastern <laughs> right. shaft. I remember oh, yeah. I rem- you wore Eastern gloves your rookie year, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, Eastern Love. Yeah. And after that, I signed with Bauer and Nike, I think. And mm-hmm. um, you know, you were curving your blade, you know, with uh, with right. 
<laughs> so torch. so that blade was yeah with the torch but that blade now after not even like one game that was dead like right. it was the wood was was too soft it was almost playing with a, a plastic blade sometimes so and i tried some one pieces and i could not understand why players like to play with that there was no feeling puck was bouncing on it and and that 2000 2004 lockout that we had we missed the whole season so oh, yeah. i remember asking timmy Parr to send me some one piece stick and i and i played with it for the whole year in men's league down here and i i start to get used to it and get a better shot and and after that you know i I cannot believe that how many years that I played with a um, a wood blade with a eastern shaft or a bower shaft. That was that was like not even close uh, <laughs> to to what those those sticks doing. And even today, uh, their, their sticks are getting better and better. And uh, yeah. but so light. Uh, one oh my God. yeah, and one thing yeah, my stick had to be really light, uh, not. It, I like it pretty stiff. Was really stiff, uh, but no, I was really picky on my uh, on my tools before games. Like one new stick every game, and uh, Nasty was good enough to let me uh, cut a new stick. Sometimes two, <laughs> three sticks a game. But uh, you know, uh, if you remember before warm up, I was putting three stick there, and I was yeah. trying them once, like one by one, to to decide which one's going to be the the one tonight. So. You, I was you, stuffed on Timmy Parr uh, a couple of times <laughs> by text message after games that you know, your sticks are bad and they're <laughs> too heavy. And, but uh, he probably, that, poor Timmy good, didn't sleep that night. You know he didn't. He's so, <laughs> his anxiety's so bad anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Oh man. Well, I yeah. appreciate you hopping on, Gags. I know we've uh, chewed up, uh, you know, over an hour of your time, but uh, really awesome to reconnect. Uh, this has been awesome. Really good insights and appreciate your time as always. So, You're welcome, guys. It was fun. Yeah, this is great. All right. Episode seven was brought to you by Settlemeyer Skate Sharpening. For all your hockey needs, visit SettlemeyerSkateSharpening.com and Body Check Wellness, Hemp Derived. CBD and functional mushroom blends for all your wellness needs. Check out bodycheckwellness.com. Thanks to Simon for coming on and carving out the time to sit with us today. Nas, that was uh, awesome. I appreciate him uh, doing that for us. Uh, obviously we wanted to get him in person, uh, but with yeah. uh, COVID and, and regulations and travel and the whole bit, obviously that wasn't uh, doable. So the next best is uh, hopping online and sitting down with our old friend, uh, the gaggy. The gaggy. She so. tell me she loved the gaggy. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't though? Yeah, what no, I, doesn't, what yeah. Good man. Yeah, he was uh he was an awesome teammate. You had him obviously longer than than I planned the chance to play with him, but uh yeah, you know, one of the best scorers in in, in that era for sure. Yeah. No question. And had an amazing career, you know, uh yeah. tenure to the Flyers. Mm-hmm. Misses the Stanley Cup there by a by a hair, and then goes on to win it uh, a couple of years later. So, uh, you know, uh, all all the grunt work and all the time you put into hockey is worth it when you hoist that one, oh, for sure. Not that I know what that feels like. Yeah, me either. I can imagine. I, wish I did, but yeah, it was cool to you know for him to touch on that, talking about <clears throat> losing that uh, bitter taste, I guess. You know, from when when we were there and, and lost, and uh, 
it was cool that I thought it was cool when he was, you know, once he lifted it, he said, it's like, he's, he's thinking about his childhood dream. All you guys had as, as kids, you know, yeah. growing up playing hockey. I, I, you know, I, God, I couldn't imagine, you know, like it is, it's for me is playing basketball, shooting the shot at the buzzer to win the game, you know, like, but you guys, everything's for the game seven Stanley cup finals, you know, and, right. and uh, he was able to do that. And it was, it was cool hearing him talk about it. Yeah, no, for sure. I think once you, you're in the end of your career and you, and you land up winning, um, you've kind of uh, accomplished it all. Right. I mean, I think you played a couple more seasons after that, but they weren't, uh, they weren't significant in his career. You know, I think he, after the concussion he talked about there in LA, he was never really truly the same. So he, he packed it up, but uh, obviously you can go, you can go out with uh, some pride and honor of the game when you have a career like that and land up winning at the end of the day. So uh, props to him for, for all that. Uh, no question. And uh, I thought it was fascinating too. You know, I always love talking to skill guys, but, you know, obviously guys in, in that era have a little bit different, uh, perspective on it but uh you know talking to gags about having some toughness around him and how it made him feel comfortable especially yeah. early in his career i thought that was uh you know uh nice to hear and um you know saying some good things about brash and you know that that role um is powerful yeah it is it was cool you know like it's like you said that stuck with you um you remember him grabbing you and and saying that and that when you have like man top tier player in nhl you know, you hear them say that and he's not the only one we've heard say it, but it was really cool to hear Gaggy, you know, we knew him, we kind of knew he liked that, but like you said, it was, it was, it was great that he pulled you aside, you know, when you, you know, you were just making your way into the yeah. NHL with, with the team, you know, <clears throat> obviously we had known each other a little bit already, but well, for a couple of years, but uh, that was cool that he acknowledges that time and now even thinking you know which we've talked about too i just think there's a you got to be able to play the game but you you need toughness man like i I really believe it and obviously i never played a game in my life in nhl or any pro hockey but i've been around it long enough to know that guys like yourself and that's important man for, for players to feel comfortable and not worry i remember being in the locker room uh not lie, two years ago when Phil Kessel was still with the Penguins and I was talking with him and uh, Sidney Crosby and we were talking about toughness and, and Sid was just saying, it was funny. He was actually talking about Wayne Simmons. And mm. he, I said, I said to him, I'm like, Wayne, Wayne can't find a fight right now. You know, we're yeah. 12 games in or something. I said, every time he goes into a pile, guys are looking for yeah. quarters on the ice. <laughs> you know, they, they don't even want to look at Wayne and, Sid was like, right. Cause he's a beast, you know, yeah. like everyone's like, they, everyone knows how tough Wayne Simmons is. And, you know, Sid was like, basically said, I, I enjoyed having a guy, you know, and they had Reeves, you know, oh, yeah. there and, and traded him away, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I don't know enough about that whole situation, but anyway, um, it was nice to hear Gaggy talk about that and touch on it. Yeah, for sure. And when he came into the league, he was with the tail end of those, you know, truly old school guys. He talked, he talked about, I think it's talk it, um, that, you know, I mentioned like, you know, we're going to, we're going to create some space for you. If anyone touches you, we got, we got your back and, you know, you know, not that Mike uh, Recky fought, but, uh, you know, chief and, you know, that era of guys, you know, that was like, you know, when, you know, I say not the Broad Street Bullies were still fully in effect then, but, uh, you know, there was some legitimate heavyweight oh, still floating yeah. around and that, that, that role certainly existed. So you know, to hear 
from him talk about that and, you know, the evolution of the game, you know, obviously towards the end of the, of his career, um, there wasn't a whole lot of fighting left and he kind of seen the game evolve from the old school collection grab and the, yeah. you know, the, uh, the interference calls that they had early on there after the lockout to the, the speed of the game now. So, um, you know, really good insights for sure, because he just crossed over into that era of, you know, old school to, you know, to new school, really. Right. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, I enjoyed hearing him say probably one of his, obviously his probably favorite moment was lifting the cup, but, uh, one of his favorite moments in Philly was, was scoring that big goal. We all, everyone still talks about to this day and, you know, as the God is 11 years ago now, but that whole series when the, we're able to come back from that, that three, nothing deficit. And, and he just, he was on fire, man. This guy, like he comes into game four. I mean, every game he scored that series that he played in and uh, obviously that big goal at the end, what a goal scorer goal um, that was. So that was cool to hear him say that too. Yeah, no, for sure. I think of gags. I just think of scoring goals, <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. small stick there and just like yeah. the clappers, <laughs> clapper, whatever you want to call it. It was just like it had eyes every time he shot the puck, you know. It was, I wish I had just a fraction of what he <laughs> closed his eyes and, and picked. Many up. players probably wish they had that. Oh, man, yeah. Score, you could like score, 47, man. 47 in one year. I mean, that's 47-41 in, in, you know, back-to-back years. That's, that's yeah. a lot of goals in the NHL. That's a ton. For sure. So, well, the gag, he didn't disappoint. No. It was he awesome. Ne- he never does. Yeah, yeah, he's still looking good. Still got the best hair in the league. Yeah, he does. He knows. You hear him all like, you oh, yeah. know, I got the little longer now. I took yeah, the sides but- down. I love it. I saw him in Florida last year. We got we were able to go out for dinner and stuff. Guy, I, he's just so much fun to be around. He's always happy, you know. Yeah, isn't it always? He is. He is. His style is good, man. And you know, he's he's got skills. But it's funny when he started talking about his hair. I loved it. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's a beauty. He hasn't changed, you know. He's got the same, nope. same, uh, you know, sparkle and same energy. You know, he's always, like you said, he's always a good guy. You know, like I always felt like he was in a, in a really good mood. Like I never remember Gags feeling like he was like, you know, in a bad mood or pissed off. Like, yeah, obviously he was getting frustrated, but like, you know, there's some guys you remember just like, oh, wow, he was just a, he was just <laughs> like really grumpy and really, you know, mad at the world. Yeah, um, like gags. Obviously, you know, when you think of gags, you think of you know, a smile on his face, and you know, he's just trying to feel feel his way through the day and feel there, good. You know, his sticks, his hair, his neck. You know? yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, I'll never forget the the one thing. Uh, we were we were in the locker room. I don't know what I was doing. I was doing something in the locker room, and you and Randy Jones were sitting there, and Danny Briere and Gaggy were speaking in French. Obviously, you grew up, your dad spoke French. Yep. And uh, Jonesy played in the queue. Yeah. So he's, he learned French. Yeah. So I, I'll never forget those two talking. And you and Randy answered them like in English. And those two's heads spun around and yeah. they were like, Where? <laughs> what's going on here, man? And you're like, well, my dad's French. And yeah, they, Cote. They weren't saying, they weren't, yeah, Cote. They weren't saying anything bad, but it was just funny. Like sure. when you two answered them, whatever they were saying, I, obviously I didn't understand it, but I thought it was one of the funniest things. Uh, I'll never forget that sitting in the room and, and those two turning their heads around at you and Jonesy. God, I didn't even know Jonesy spoke French. I had I didn't I, know that either. I, I never 
put two and two together with him playing and, you know, cause he played college too. So yeah. he played I believe Clarkson, if I'm not mistaken, Jonesy, but anyway, I just thought that was pretty funny. Um, but it was, he was, he was great. Great to catch up with him, man. Like I said, like you said, uh, it'd be good to have him come into the, to our, uh, to do a pod as well. Oh us, yeah. We'll definitely know, get him in, in the studio. studio. Cause uh, there's, I know there's a lot more we could, we could talk to uh, the gaggy about, yeah, that's the truth. And there's nothing quite like getting in person with someone and talking to them face to face than, you know, yeah. hopping on a Zoom call, but it's it's second best for the situation we're in. So yeah, for sure. We'll work with it. But uh anyway, Nast, I think that pretty much wraps up episode seven of Nasty Knuckles. Be sure to tune in next week for episode eight. Have a great week. Stay safe, knuckleheads. See you, knuckleheads. 